Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we get started, are you thinking of creating a podcast or are you a podcast host already? As a podcast strategist, I can help you to launch or relaunch a purposeful and profitable podcast, which will inspire, entertain and educate a global audience. Simply book in a one-to-one call with me right now via the Calendly link in the show notes and together we'll focus on the purpose of your podcast. Today on Focus on Why, I am joined by Matthew Black. Matthew, welcome. Hi, how you doing, Amy? I'm very well, thank you. Shall I call you Matthew or are you going to be Matt today? No, Matt, Matt's good, Matt's good. All right, brilliant. Well, welcome. Well, here we are talking about purpose, but let's first ask you, what is it you're doing at the moment? So I started to be a, become the path to become a professional speaker pre-pandemic, and that was great. And that was that decision was driven by me looking for more purpose and direction and an opportunity to contribute on a wider scale. The pandemic pain, you know, changed a lot of things for me. And um, I got caught up doing other things post-pandemic and during the pandemic, like, um, you know, rescuing a bunch of startups and uh, doing some investment and things like that. But I'm, I'm pretty much back on track with you know, getting out there a bit more. I'm not sure being a professional paid speaker is what my destination is going to be. But, you know, if you know anything about me, my background is certainly rolling with the punches and and, and being able to pivot and change. And um, I think that, you know, it, it might be a, a big part of it, you know, and certainly being able to speak well and and uh, and engage a crowd, uh, whether it be workshops or speaking or, or, for example, like a podcast today, I think the skills you learn from 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 getting out there and getting amongst and getting in front of people are, are invaluable because I know I've got a message to share, um, hopefully some knowledge to share, and um, I need to be able to have the ability to do that. So that's that's been my journey more recently, and I'm trying to finish my third book. Yeah, that's, that's part of the reason I wanted to get on today to kind of chat and share about what that looks like. So what is the message that you're looking to share and this and the knowledge that you want to share? In it, not in a nutshell, feel free to, to, to expand on that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of tied into my, my experience and my background. So if you don't mind, I'll quickly just share a little bit of my background first, and that'll give you a bit of context for, for the kind of my message. So I was born and raised in the outback of Australia, like the real outback. Um, you could go across the street from my house and you could walk uh, 3,000 kilometres in a straight line and not hit a stick in the ground or a road or anything. It was just whoosh. Uh, you go the other way, you go through a little bit of the town, but then you hit the ocean. And essentially that's that's uh that, that's where I lived. Um, uh, mining towns and things like that when I was young, um, until I was about 14 when I left home. Uh, very young, as you appreciate. I slept on couches and stayed with friends and one of my sisters for a little while and put myself through high school while working at night. So super independent, went on to college, did a degree in graphic design and 
also a postgraduate in fine arts and photography. Um, but during that time, I was, you know, a broke student, like really broke. And I started a business because I, I needed to eat. You know, at one point, I I, I, um, I had a, a, an accident and uh, lost my jobs at the time because, you know, before mobile phones, you couldn't just pick up the phone and ring people. You could, you know, you didn't have a phone in your house. You didn't have a phone. Um, and I was flat on my back. So I lost these jobs. So I was on rice for about two weeks. And so I had to... I had to make some changes. I had to have something happen. So I asked around as soon as I was able to get off the bed and walk around and I was really desperate. And I, I managed to secure a job picking up auto parts and dropping them off to places to fix engines. And um, I think, it, I don't know whether it was that desperation to make sure I make money and succeed at this job, that kind of level of desperation was really, really high, that I did really well. And the boss was super impressed. And he was looking to segue out a bunch of people that were on salary doing my job and replace them with young people like me, which are on contract, save them some money, bring some new energy into the business. So I said, no problems, I can handle that for you. And I spoke to some friends at my school uh, that were in a similar situation to me. And I nailed down um, five jobs. And I said to them, I will... I have to do all the paperwork and the invoice and everything myself anyway. I learned this job on the ropes with you know, a bunch of people around me that I was essentially taking a job off one of their long-term friends. And so they hated me, didn't teach me anything. So I had to learn everything by myself. But I tell you what, I'll make your journey easier. I will onboard you. I'll teach you how to do it. I'll teach you all the rules and, and, and help you get a fast start. But for that, I'll take, you know, 15% off the top of what you earn, but I'll do all the paperwork and everything. So they agreed. So very quickly, I was making as much money, almost double the money, as you can appreciate straight away. And I thought, this was it. This is a good thing. I like making money where I don't have to do any work. And I got myself a business mentor. And then less than a year later, I had 400 drivers across the whole of Western Australia, which is a million square kilometres. And um, so it's the size of most of Western Europe. And, um, and yeah, I did really well. I sold that company for 1.3 million at the time, which is closer to 3 million in today's money bought myself a bunch of houses, did some more consulting work and essentially started an entrepreneur's career. Um, so I was a, a millionaire teenager the same week that I graduated um, college. And uh, you should probably appreciate, didn't go on to become a professional graphic designer as my original plan was. <laughs> Since then, I've had um, eight major corporations on three continents and worked with thousands and thousands of um, people um, in as founders wanting to go from idea to launching something in the world um, and for more than 15 closer to 20 years now the only projects I've, I've worked on are projects that inspire me projects that drive change positive impact on the world you know because I got to the point about 15-20 years ago where I, I could just choose my projects that I liked not having to do things because I had to but doing things because I wanted to and it's been of a bit of a blessed life for the last 20 years. And But just pre-pandemic, and which is the reason I started speaking, um, going back to when I first started, it was because it was a, a purpose-driven thing. Um, it's fine to it's fine to help one founder and him and his family and his partner and mum that's loaned him some money to, you know, to start a business and get it to, you know, success. That's, that's one thing. But... 
what I kind of came across is the idea that a lot of the entrepreneurial tricks or the mindset or the tactics or the strategies that I use to get a bunch of people who don't know you behind you, to get people that don't know you, to believe in your idea, to give you money, their time. It doesn't matter that it's a business. It could really be anything. It could be you wanting to get you know, a love in your life. It could be you wanting to get um, a foothold on the property ladder. It could be you wanting to get a job. It could be you wanting to make a difference in knife crime in your area. It could be you wanting to make an impact on the on the community or into the into the environment. It doesn't matter what the project is. The kind of mechanisms are the same. So I thought to myself, why can't I, if I can create, like, you know, my biggest business was 860 million. Like that, that's a lot. You know, that is in the scheme of businesses in the top fraction of a percent of businesses that get created and reach that level. You know, there's to give you an idea. I mean, obviously, there's thousands and thousands of companies that are the billion dollar companies. But you got to think that there's literally thousands of businesses that start every year and die every year as well. So the atrophy rate is enormous. In fact, 50 Eight percent of successful businesses, by successful means they actually make profit and things, die within the first three years for, for natural causes that they just can't adapt or grow. So the ability to be able to to get to these kind of heights makes me a little bit kind of confident, subtly confident that kind of the tricks and things that I've learned over time. And, and the reason I had to point that out is because. I have no formal qualification. I'm a qualified as a graphic designer. <laughs> That's it. So if you want to earn professional qualifications, I have none. Um, I only have experience. I only have experience burned into me from failures and challenges and rejection and trials and tribulations and blood, sweat and tears for 34 years of being an entrepreneur. Um, but I think that in that, in that kind of journey that I've made, I've I've got some I've got some knowledge and I've got some insights, and that's really where I was trying to go with being a professional speaker. That's what I was really trying to share. But over COVID, um, it came about that kind of maybe there's another medium. So at the moment, I'm looking to do this this next book, which is called How to Change the World and Other Handy Tips, and there's a website launching for that soon. And um, yeah, it, it should be good. It should be good. And I'm hoping that I'll be able to wrap around it, around the website, the ability for individuals not just to read the book, not just to maybe interact with me online, maybe some some coaching, maybe, I'm not sure, but maybe some online kind of coursework. But I ultimately would love to be able to take a leaf out of my own book and enable people to then go off and train and inspire others in their community that they can do stuff that they have no idea how to do. So this is in the kind of conversational world of um, I don't know what I don't know. That kind of I, I, it's unbelievable or it's unattainable. This kind of things that you you say to yourself, oh, I would love to do something about the environment, but I just don't know what to do. Well, guess what? You know, a person starting a starting a, a a sports company, they might be interested in sports, but actually, the actual knowledge of sports is probably one 
18th of the actual knowledge you need to start and launch a multimodal company. It's more about marketing. It's more about business acumen. Like I can start a business in any field without any actual industry knowledge because the industry knowledge I can buy. I can get someone. I can drag someone in um, for that knowledge. I can get advisors, et cetera, et cetera. And people typically start it within their own realm of experience. So they, you know, they don't start it because they know how to start a business. They start it because they're passionate about an idea. So the only reason I tell you that is because you, you probably have within your reach, within your can, even though you have these challenges and these things you'd love to make a change in, you probably have within your reach and within, within arm's reach or within the ability to do that you don't believe you do, uh, but you probably do have the ability to make change. So that's, for me, very exciting. And so this is fairly, I'm in the middle of this process right now. So I can't say here's a here's exactly the website. It's all finished. You can go today. But what I think one of the reasons, I mean, I jumped in on this podcast, even though it was probably, you know, we would might, might have been smarter to do it six months from now, but it's going out. <laughs> but I'm early, I'm, I'm startup, right? So if it's not finished, it's fine. Let's launch anyway, right? So there's another lesson for you there. And this is going out just before Christmas or just in the new year. And this is the time when people start thinking about change, thinking about new direction. So it's probably timely for them to do that. Could I help them make things happen? Could I help them make that change? Could I help them drive change, whether it be your job or your life or your career or your or whatever it happens to be? And I'd love to be able to do that. That, that would be that would be my mission. And what I love about your story, Matt, is that you almost became an accidental entrepreneur because you were you had a desperation system, you had a desperate situation, you had the desire to change your circumstances, but you also had this confidence of it's okay, I'm just gonna go with this. And it, and that really comes through that that d- desire to drive change, but also just to you know, move yourself from being a, a, sofa, a sofa surfer to starting up this business. It really was a, a, a situational desire there. Yeah, I'm very action orientated. And, um, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. I was an accidental entrepreneur that first time around. But I think that isn't isn't that the way it kind of works with many things in life? You know, um, you know, I, I, I have some kids and I drag them along to karate for the first time when they have no experience of it, no idea what it looks like. And then my one of my children has gone on to become like a second dad black belt. I when I take one of my kids to archery for the first time and he has no experience of what it looks like and has no idea how it looks. And he's shot for Australia representing them internationally um, in, in multiple countries. And, and so you, you, all these journeys that might result in something spectacular that people are impressed by or or them themselves get a huge amount of personal satisfaction, uh, you know, uh, uh, health and benefits and psychological benefits, whatever it is that your output is, you, you won't get there unless you start to take action, until you step into something, you know, until you try, until you take the first step. I think that's um, my first book was The Little Black Book for Entrepreneurs. And that was about helping people get over that very, very first hurdle of, you know, I've got an idea, but I used to always get questions, Matt, is this the right idea? How do I know this is going to work? Well, you don't. 
uh, is the first answer and you've got to start doing it and there's lots of approaches lean uh, development methodology and, and all this kind of thing so there's lots and lots of things that you can do to help you get started and and that's I'm hoping to share some light on that that kind of and you should never let fear fear of failure get in your way um, the problem is a lot of people don't know how to take the first step they don't know how to test they don't know how to to do an iterative development, develop one little tiny piece at a time instead of saying, okay, I've got this, I want to do an app. Now I have to just go from zero to having an app and raise like a hundred grand or 200 grand and go from zero to that. No, you don't have to do that. You know, I, I've got lots of stories like, you know, selling a, a, selling a, a large charity uh, on a concept um, uh, for a new crowdfunding site. So I came up with this idea, like I think it was like on a Tuesday night, I came up with this idea and just laying in bed and Wednesday morning I got up and I, I wrote on a piece of paper a few ideas and I thought, who's the best possible customer? Or, I think I know someone. I reached out to them. I reached out to two people. In fact, one said, no, I'm not interested. The other one said, yes, I'd like to meet with you and talk to you about it. I then that afternoon did three PowerPoint pages with roughly what the idea was. The next day I met with him and pitched him these three PowerPoint pages and said, this is kind of the idea. This is where I want to go. And he says, you know, I'm saying, you know, I would do it and you'd have to commit to about 300K uh, to make this happen. But here's your kind of the output for you. And he said, yeah, we'll go ahead. And I said, that's terrific. Now I have to let you know that I haven't actually built it yet. And over the next three months, we're going to work together to build it. And he said, yes. Now, that project, funnily enough, didn't actually work out. It was like six, eight months later. We had five team members working on it, programming everything. And in the end, it didn't work out because it was before its time. Charities weren't kind of like in the right mindset. Charities tend to be like five to 10 years behind everybody else. And, and I mean, this was quite a while ago. This is like 14 years ago, 13 years ago. So crowdfunding still is a bit unusual for many people that we have around us, um, even today. So imagine 14 years ago, it wasn't really the thing. But that doesn't take away in any respect at all whether that idea went all the way. What it's a great example of is being able to just be in action, just go out there and pitch something. The cost to me was literally two or three hours of my time, and I secured a major charity with a, uh, it had a lord as its backer, so I could have even, if it weren't successful, it would even be pitched at the level in, like, the House of Lords, or government contracts, all sorts of fantastic stuff would have happened if it would have gelled. But that's the nature of startups, and I don't really care. You know, most of them fail, so that's not an issue. But the ability to be able to be in action for very little cost or no cost whatsoever and be able to secure what you need, which is the validation to be able to move forward, that's the kind of lesson that I wanted to pass on. So these are funny little things that kind of I've done that that if you should, if you share something like that, you know, whether it be a book or a podcast or a, or, 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 or a talk, all of a sudden there might be someone go, oh, that would, I could do that. I could take that step. I could make that happen. You know, and the aim of the kind of work I'm going to be doing over the next couple of months, hopefully it'll be like ready to go by the time we get to uh, to New Year, which is my goal. Um, the people can then be in action and start making their ideas, their dreams, their concepts of what they'd like to do a reality. 
And what I love, Matt, is that you you said that you didn't have any formal training or education and that you've taken yourself on this journey. And it's almost when you were talking about other people who are afraid to take that first step and are afraid of failure, that that didn't inhibit you because you didn't know what you were afraid of. You didn't know what there was you were up against when you were out there in business. So knowing that where you've come, does anything inhibit you at all? Oh, you know, I, 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 I'm much less fearful now about taking on new challenges than, than ever before. Um, you know, um, stuff that would have frightened the life out of me. Um, and I wouldn't have attempted, I do now, but I mean, that's like anything that's, that's like anything, you know, if you're going, you know, sailing on a, on a large ocean journey with a very small boat for the first time and you've got the idea of waves are going to be much bigger than your boat you'll be like hacking yourself the first time you go or even thinking about it but if you're a seasoned sailor and you've been out there so long it's it's like it is what it is I've dealt with it before and I've done it's 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 experiential it's 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 being a bit more prepared being mentally prepared and I think that what I'm hoping to do is give people some lessons some tools some ability to be a bit more mentally prepared to at least enough to actually take some steps and then it's in the practice and in the doing that you get you get the uh you get the confidence and you mentioned now that you've got the luxury of time how do you qualify what you spend your time on um so um, mostly it's around making sure that i can create impact that's meaningful to me uh, that I have a good work-life balance between, you know, having fun and enjoying the rewards of the hard work I've done in the past, spending time with my family. So that's that's quite high on my priority list. But as far as doing things like that, that I kind of work in inverted quotes, because I put it in quotes because, I, I, you know, I, I only do things that I enjoy. So that's an important criteria. I need things that create impact, the type of impact I want to do. Um, I've got plenty of opportunity to go out and work for a large corporate and make them money or or work, you know, to, to have a startup be successful. I mean, in in, in the pandemic, I took a, a company that was struggling. They were valued about 500K and we took them to 6.5 million within eight months. Bang. Boom, massive growth, massive profits, massive everything. Um, they got investment and so on and so forth. No, I, that's creation of cash. That's not an issue. But being able to use those skills to that particular company was a company that was really making incredible impact at bringing good values and a higher standard of um, service to an industry that was about women and helping them make their choices and having control of their bodies. And, and, and I'm a big believer in female empowerment. I have a young daughter. And beyond that, even before she was born, I was um, attending International Women's Day. I've been speaker twice on International Women's Day. So I'm quite evangelistic about certain things, the environment being one of them, the rights, women's rights especially being another one. But... You know, I just want to make um, something good happen in the world. And more importantly, I suppose, later, I guess in later years, is enabling others to make positive impact. That's why I've worked a lot with corporations, because I can start a corporation off, I can help them grow and thrive, and they can go on to continue to deliver good things. One of my one of my people I've worked with is Ticket, Ticket Pass. Ticket Pass with Rod as the CEO. And they uh, came to me during the pandemic and they talked about how everybody gets ripped off with tickets and you pay and there's scalpers and there's, you know, you don't get all your money back and you lose money when you 
change of tickets and people can't get tickets and there's no transfers and it's just a rort, so much of a rort. And so many people just want to, especially during the pandemic, it was like, I just want to go somewhere to enjoy myself. I just want to support my team. I just want to, you know, see my favourite band. I just want to do something nice. And he brought in this really sophisticated technology solution which integrated every single charity within the UK. Any registered charity was automatically picked up and you could select when you buy a ticket, um, yeah, this I, I support this charity or the people that were putting the tickets out could select a charity. And, and some of the fees that are normally taken by Ticketmaster and put in their pocket and released onto profits were taken out of the pocket. Instead, Rod said, I'll take some of the money out of my pocket on every single ticket, and that'll go to the charity of your choice. And then there's the ability to do charity events, and there's no fees, and, and no, there's no sculpting, and no, they don't have bots, and yes, you can transfer tickets, and yes, you can get the face value back, and you can't sculpt it for more than face value, and, and really good quality ethical choices in an industry that is just not ethical. I, I believe in making money, but I don't believe in making money by hacking other people's wallets. That's horrible. And if the whole system is like that and you're complaining about it, be like, Rod, go and start something different. Find people like me that's going to support you, investors that believe in you, because that's what we did. And he's doing very well. Ticket Pass is a great site if you ever wanted to go to an event or set up an event. He's a really good guy and you can reach out and speak to him. So these are the type of things that I like. And the founders I work with, I like. They're friends of mine. I know Rod very, very well. And it's kind of, I love building these type of relationships. But Rod is making the impact on thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people on a regular basis. How much better does it get than that? You help somebody else and then they help lots. I agree. I mean, this is why I, I champion purpose from my core. It's just it's just so important. And there's so many companies out there who think that they're purpose-driven. But when you describe this type of company, you realize that they are probably just purpose-washing. Yeah, yeah. So tell me, What's the the goal? I mean, you talk about work-life balance. Is it more life-work balance that you're aiming for? You know, the thing is, it's you know, because I don't really think of it, most of it is not really work. I mean, there is stuff that feels a bit of a grind sometimes. Um, I had to prepare a proposal today uh, or last night, actually Sunday night, as well as working, I prepared it. And it was a proposal for a company that wanted to acquire another company. And this other company was bigger than the one that was acquiring them. And they were more international where the other one was local. And they didn't think they could do it. Uh, but I spent some time and I worked out, you know, how we might be able to do it. And um, the big company was struggling. They're going to go bust and the people that work there are going to go out of a job. And I think they fulfill an important role within the industry that they're in, bringing technology to more of an antiquated industry. It's revolutionising a little bit. And this small company is uh, more of a family business, you know, bunch of friends running their business. And I like their style. And so I agreed to work this out. And when I was doing my presentation, doing the research and doing the work on it, oh, my goodness, I had to rewrite contracts and I had to do this and I had to do that. I had to do a lot of stuff and my brain was melting. And I was like, I had my family downstairs eating, uh, watching television and relaxing at the end in the evening. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I have to take some time, just a, just an extra hour or so and and do this. I've got to knock it out so that um, my and somebody I'm working with can have a chance to read it as well. And so that 
those times feel like a grind. They feel like I'm giving something up, which I don't really want to give up. But as an entrepreneur, you understand that sometimes you have to work. Sometimes you have to do the work to get where you really want to go. And what drives me is having the bigger picture, having the vision of what would it would what it be, would it be like if after three, four months with work, lots of long hours, that this company was actually acquired. So apart from the monetary benefit, I could save that company. I could save, you know, 10 jobs and really bring this and be able to grow that online company and be able to make a bigger impact on lots of other smaller, more antiquated companies in the industry and really bring the whole level up, level up like the whole planet in this particular field, which happened to be, you know, being able to connect with, you know, people that you, your lost family tree and your lineage and your background and your heritage and understanding how that all works. And and for a lot of people, it's it's helping them become, understand their place in the world, and understanding who they are. And so you can see beyond the kind of, you know, small stuff into the real, the human benefit. So for me, that 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 seemed important. So it was worth doing that balancing act. So yeah, I mean, it's it's all a balancing act with your time. But I, I try to overarchingly be driven by purpose, by driven by what I want to accomplish in life, which is, you know, changing. It's getting bigger and bigger as I go along. You know, I'm taking on bigger and bigger challenges, I'm taking on a multi-billion dollar property deal at the moment, <laughs> which is very frightening, but you know, could could create hundreds of thousands of um, places for people to stay in a world which is full of, um, you know, in, in UK especially, it's very dense and there's very little homes available and things like that. So this could be really good for good for the economy, um, especially as things get tighter and, and people can't afford, you know, high rent places and so on and so forth. Um, yeah. So, yeah, trying to, do, trying to do the right thing. So, Matt, explain to me what level up the whole planet and understanding your place in the world means for you right now so leveling up for me means giving you know instead of giving out money or giving out advice or you know I, I've done whole rounds where I've invested considerable amounts of money in people just giving grants and cash and advice and I've done this one way kind of style much like the government giving out money for for grants or, or or funding or whatever that never typically works you know if we go back to the old adage of i'd rather teach a man how to fish than give him fish that kind of thing so for me what has always worked the best is enablement you know inspiration being able to inspire people and being able to enable them to take their own steps and their own journey and do their own thing that's for me far more powerful you know, um, and I'm looking for the, the right type of vehicles. And as I explained, there's, there's a number of things I might be doing over the next year, over 2023 and beyond, that, that people will be able to get involved in. But it's it's about just helping them to, you know, th they've got a million different challenges. And they've got, like the, like the founders I've worked with over the last 20 years, they've got a million different experiences and knowledge that I don't have. And that's what I depend on. I depend on that, you know, even though I say, that sports person, sports experience is very fractional in the scheme of things. It's still essential. And that's why I said if I was starting a sports business, I would get a specialist from that industry in because industry knowledge or knowledge of the problem is really important. You know, if you're trying to solve knife crime in shields in a particular estate, you live there. You know it. You know the people. You know the dynamics. I don't. I can give you ways to do things 
but you need to know how to apply those tools. It's really, it's a funny little thing, even though it's not, it's not, they're all like parts of a, parts of an ingredients in it, in baking a cake. They're all essential in different proportions. Can one be replaced? Absolutely. You know, there's probably 50 people, 100 people in your area, in your little kind of community area in Shields that it ha that are affected by the same issue. But that's not important. It's you that's going to make the change. It's you that's going to be that ingredient to make to make a, a new solution, a new um, better environment for people to be in. There has to be someone. And why not you? Why don't you step forward and make things happen? And if I can help you get the confidence to do that, that's great. So that would be the kind of thing about leveling up. It's it's more about this kind of like, if I can create a, I hate the word generic, because they're not really generic. They're applicable to, to multiple situations or they're not. Like a toolbox, you, you have some tools which are perfect for the job and others which, you know, are not so much. <laughs> but you wouldn't know how to, once you know how to use them, you become a master mechanic. And you become able to draw any tool out of that box and be able to fix or create whatever you need to do. So master carpenter, master mechanic, whatever you like to call it. But I, I, I've been, I'm not saying I am, but I've been there and done that for quite a while. And I'm hoping I'll be able to help others to at least become DIYers, haven't I? <laughs> so you mentioned your book, How to Change the World and Other Handy Tips. I'm I'm curious to to know or give us an insight in a couple of your handy tips. Okay, so um, and this this is actually really important because one of the things that I have been saying for a really long time to founders is entrepreneurism is not a one man sport. It's it's not a sprint. It's usually a marathon. Even though it you know I do things fairly quickly sometimes as far as growth, it's still a marathon. Um, even though I appear to be able to walk in just me by myself and be able to transfer my business, it is a team effort. I don't do a lot of the work. It depends on the founders. It depends on their team. We work with external professionals and so on and so forth. And weirdly, I kind of learned some of my own medicine. It took my own medicine not that long ago, actually, when I realized that my book had been kind of laboring for about a year and not really getting ahead. And I thought, why am I struggling so much with this? And like, ah. Oh, being, I'm not working as a team. I'm sitting here at my desk by myself writing this whole thing. Why don't I work as a team? So what I do now and what you'll see the results of early 2023 is you'll see the book and the site and teams of people behind that coming out, each individual professional with incredible experience in their own particular vertical or niche working with a person that's a, a master in creating groups that generate collaboration, spontaneous groups that, that collect together and actually get stuff done. That's an incredible skill that I don't have, that I've got in others. So one of the top tips is, if you can, work as a group, work as a team, harness others' knowledge, experience, skills, power, you know, um, and I've done it so, in so many ways for so many years. It, it, I thought it was on automatic, but clearly I, I still have to, you know, watch even myself to make sure I'm, I'm using my full power and my full experience. 
Um, going back to the story about being able to start off a new crowdfunding site, you know, I chose a target almost at random, but but it was fairly targeted and is in the perfect customer that I wanted. But they did have a lord, and I knew that, and they did harness their experience to help build the platform out and the team of people I had working for me, they were there 90% for inspiration of what the platform could do and 10% for what I paid them. And usually in the workforce, you'll find and probably in your job, if you're listening to this, you're probably the other way. 90% what you pay me and 10% because I want to do the job. Maybe 100% what you pay me and zero because I want to be here. So, you know, I'd rather, much rather be working with people in an environment where they're really inspired. They have to be paid because they have rent and they have things to do, but but they want to be there. And I've had projects before where people say, Matt, don't pay me. I have to be part of this. Just don't pay me if that's going to make the difference. I said, no, I have to pay you. But, you know, it's fantastic that they're engaged. What can I say? That's the environment they like to be around. And with the professionals I work with, like like yourself, Amy, you know, you have a, a knowledge and a, and a message and a background and experience. And if I can facilitate you to get that out there, then, you know, people do weird things like reciprocate, like invite me onto their, their, their world-famous world podcast so Matt, come and chat with me. And that's great. And that gives me all sorts of things. And I love it. it what you're saying here is just understand who you are and what your skill set is, but also understand where you then need to bring other people in. And you've mentioned Lord a couple of times, and I assume you're referring to talent dynamics in terms of the way that works. No, I what I meant by Lord was he was he is a Lord, a peer. Okay. Oh, <laughs> like, a literal like Lord. The, a literal okay. Lord in the okay. house of Lords. Well, you know, you need one of those in your toolbox too, always. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you it, know. This is one of those things, you know, is developing a great network of contacts important to you? I mean, I have uh, almost the maximum number of contacts on LinkedIn. You know, I don't chase people. They constantly fill up my inbox with, you know, people wanting to connect with me and I can pick and choose the types of contacts I want now as opposed to, yeah, anybody wants to be my friend here, bring it on. <laughs> now I get to curate the people that are in my network, you know, because they want something from me, but they... They, they, they want my attention as well, which is, which is all fine and good. You know, that as you as you progress, what do you want to achieve? Like at one point, I wanted to be more of an investor. And so I created curated my, my LinkedIn. I curated the content that I did around that, around making an impact in that area, that the type of events I went to, the type of places I hung out and the type of people I associated with drove that mission. And I was successful in doing that. I had, and I still have today, people send me investment decks just out of the blue, you know, just saying, Matt, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And these are opportunities for me to make sometimes tremendous amounts of money by investing a small amount of money and a small amount of my time. And how do I get there? Well, it's just a mission. It's just something you build. So it's just about, I don't think it's as much about, I mean, there is a, a trick around knowing yourself you know, as in, you know, with a business, you do skills audit, what have you got? What capabilities have you got? What assets have you got? How could you harness them? And what's missing? And what you need? What are essential elements to, you know, like baking a cake? What essential ingredients are missing to make this kind of happen? And so there is an element of that. And that's a separate kind of thing. So don't compound the two. They are two separate things working in unison together, two separate operations. So this is where kind of sometimes clarity of, how you're working is important as well 
because when people collapse things down, people become things become blurred. People becomes and and you kind of I can't do that, but I can do this, and so it stops me doing part A because I can't do part B if they're collapsed together. So is your mission to invest in female-founded, environmental-based, purpose-driven projects? <laughs> are you setting yourself up for this one? <laughs> no, I'm just, are you just, you, you champion of women's rights. You said, you you know, I the do. environment and the planet is super important to you. You're looking to invest in products. I'm just putting them all together. Yeah. So, so I've, um, you know, specifically around women and around founders and women founders. So I, uh, all the proceeds from my first book go directly to a, to a foundation that, that delivers, uh, um, like a charity that does donations and investments into, uh, female founders. And it's, it's been, a, it's about three and a half million or so, so far, uh, been put into that. So I, I don't, again, setting up vehicles that accomplish what I want. So I don't have to do it anymore. Like my first book was written because I kept answering the same questions over and over again because I'm essentially lazy and I just wanted to write a book to kind of get that out of the way. And then as it kind of took off and money started coming in, I'm like, well, I don't, I don't want this money. I just, I just did it because I was lazy. It only took me four days to write the book. So why would I take all this money? So okay, what can I do with this? What's my other mission? Okay, yes, push it into this. You know, and, and it was relevant because this is about starting a business and that's also about helping women start businesses because I don't think there's enough female founders in the world. I think they come from it, you know, at things from a different perspective and I don't think they get nearly as much funding as they need. And I started this like four or five years ago when the disparity, the, the, the imbalance between females and male founders uh, investment was really massive. It's kind of started to get a bit closer now, but it's only it's only getting there. It's not, it's not there yet. So there's no quality in funding yet but you know I, I, it's a few million it's it's not going to change anything there needs to be billions to really shift the industry um but but i do what i can and if it becomes a template for someone else doing something bigger and better that's great you know i i i'd like to think that i i've got enough scale and enough experience to be able to be to say that a lot of things are true or that they work in many instances and and that's all i could ever promise so my background as a consultant always says here's what I know, this is why I know it, but it's up to you to apply it. It's up to you to make it fit for you. I don't know where it fits for you or not. I can pretty much guess. I think this is the right solution, but there's no guarantees in life. There is no guarantees in life, you know, except dying. We guarantee that that's going to happen. What happens between now and then, that's up to you. What kind of legacy in life do you want to live? Do you want to live a life of choice, a life driven by inspiration, a life making impact, what is the life you want? And a lot of people don't think they can get that. Just the same as people come to me and say, I've got this idea, I've got this burning desire to make change by starting this business, but I don't know how to make this first step. And is it the right thing to do? And I've been able to help people kind of make that choice. And if that sounds similar to what your choices are, well, that, that's perfect. So anyone out there who is thinking, I'd love to have a conversation with Matt, how would they reach out to you? What's the best way for them to make contact? Okay, so um, <clears throat> okay, so one thing about being able to, here's another tip is being able to to enable people without necessarily tying up all of your resources. Now, if I made my if I get my phone number out, for example, my phone would ring off the hook forever and ever and ever, and I I would feel incredibly bad because firstly I wouldn't have been able to function properly. Secondly, I wouldn't be able to give people the time, and I wouldn't be able to give people what they need which is why I wrote my first book. So I could just, 
I got all these questions. Here you go. Here's like days of my time and my knowledge that you can apply at your own pace. That's leverage, which is another trick. Being able to create leverage, being able to create replication, being able to create scalability. I think that I think the thing that I would really like is I'd like people in the first instance uh, until the until the you know the new website for the book is up and running, which I will let you know what the URL is. Until that's up and running, I think people can reach about, out to me on LinkedIn. It's uh, if you look at the Matt Black Entrepreneur, you'll probably get me. I'm every time I've ever tried on somebody's phone, I've always come in the top top one or two. Um, it's the me there with my arms looking very boss and I know it's a very good photo and um I'm much friendlier than that I'll be honest I look very dangerous in that photo but um but you can connect with my LinkedIn and that that's that's totally fine and that's a great way to to go and and I think that with connecting with anybody and I've given this advice before to people wanting to connect with potentially like a mentor an advisor or something like that or an investor it's be respectful of their time get to the point and you know don't you can be polite, but don't don't like tell me life story and don't tell me like oh this is something. I blah blah blah. Thank you very much. This is what I'm interested in. What's your advice? Do you know what I mean? That's that's all you could ask. And don't expect. That's the key. Don't expect if people are busy and people can't do things and they, you know, it's up to you to chase, not the mentor to chase, not the investor to chase. It's 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 a thing, right? So this is this is my only advice I could do if you wanted to reach out to me personally and directly. And the other kind of, it's, it's yet another tip, um, which is it's always got to be within and everything you do, like this is a life lesson for everything. It's with them. What's in it for me? And not you as in you that's listening to this, but you want a pay rise? What's in it for you, boss? You want that beautiful young girl to go out with you? What's in it for her? What, is, what, is, what does she see for herself in taking, you know, going out with you? Is it a free meal? Is it, you know, potential life partner? Is it someone cute to hang out with? Is it someone to talk to that she can get to know? What is what is it you're bringing to the table? And that that is important. So what's in it for me, as in Matt Black, when you reach out to me? You know, I, I'd love to be able to do this. I, this is the impact I want to make. This, You know how I am about that, especially if you're a female founder, make sure you let me know, things like that. I, I tend to, I, I'm, I'm not, I should be equal, but I tend to favour the girls a little bit, I'll be honest. Um, but it's, don't, don't, if you're a guy, by the way, still apply, it's fine. But if you can, and you think that you can just go to the website and you think you can just you know, get a copy of the book. And I, I I plan at this point to give away like a million copies, the first million copies uh, of the, the online book, the ebook away for free. I gave the first million copies of my first book on ebook for free. Um, I think it's been six, 700,000 paper back sales, but sometimes people like paper and that's fine. And, and, and I keep the price very low on that. Again, I'm not interested in the money. I'm interested in the impact. But there's people in my production chain, my publisher and people that do distribution and people that have to be paid as well. So there's some cost involved. If you can do that, if you can start that way and then come back to me in six months time now and say, I've done this and I've launched this and these are some things that I'm struggling with. And that's even more impressive to me. And I'm even more likely to, 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 to roll in to your project. And I think the final thing is, and I'm hoping it's not going on too, too long, Amy, is that what I would really, my ideal result is people that have 
got the book or gone through courseware or talked to friends or engaged with projects and run projects and now have a project beyond that, which is teaching other people how to do what I've taught you how to do, teaching other people how to fish and create a life of change of their own. Now, you could be a coach, you could be a speaker, you, you could want to work out, reach out to me to collaborate, to deliver workshops, to do talks in your area, to write, you know, how to change the world, another uh, handy tips version two, volume two. I'm happy for you to say, I think there's some extra tricks that I know that I'd like to share with you, Matt, that I'd like to contribute to the larger picture. And I'm really open to that. So that is the, the pinnacle at the top of what I would like to see. Help me enable more people. Help me with more content, with more hands on the ground, with more people on the ground <laughs> that are that are wanting to make change happen. So that's that's terrific to me. I love that. So 100% your LinkedIn link will go into the show notes as well your URL as soon as that's live. So I'm sure it will, won't will be too long from now. So I'll put that in. Matt, this has been a fantastic conversation. I really thank you for your time. I really appreciate how you have shared so much and people will feel confident to step up, to take action to be in action, which I love that phrase, not just do, but be in action, be who they want to be in and take action in doing that. It's fabulous. Have you got some final words for us, please, Matt? I suppose the thing that would be appropriate to say right now at the end is this is the end of 2022, or you might be looking at this at the start of 2023. It's a time of new beginnings. And the last two years with the pandemic has been nothing but trauma and disruption and economic collapse and um, financial crisis and, and cost of living crisis and everything like that. But one, uh, just one last tip is that in business, in the world of business, crisis and the bigger the crisis, the more opportunities there are. The bigger the changes that are going on, the more people need to master and, and hold on to and drive change for themselves. So if there's ever a time that the planet needed people to step up and do things, it's now. If there's ever a time that that you, you know, if you're in crisis, that you need to get a hold of the right people, the right tools, the right um, knowledge to get you to a place where you feel empowered and stable and happy and, and driving forward and even, you know, not only just happy yourself, but actually making other people happy, this is the time. Uh, for me, this is nothing short of the most perfect time and maybe delays in getting the book have been it's been all part of the the cosmic karma of me being able to release at the right time I don't know but for me this is this is very timely and not timely in terms of me selling more books but me enabling more people is what I'm about be absolutely clear about this it's hard not to trust people especially when they're saying I've got a book out and you can buy a course and it's very hard to trust people when they do that but happily, if you connect with my LinkedIn and have a look at my background, my referrals and stuff like that, hopefully, if there's any doubt in your mind that this is about you and helping you, hopefully, that will come through and, and, and you will make the changes you need to make. How has this conversation had an impact on you? What value have you received from tuning in? What are your reflections with actions? Please take a moment to leave me an Apple podcast or Spotify review sharing how Focus on Why has made a difference to you today. 
Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, simply connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or join the Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.